Hey, welcome to Relatively Sane. Oh, that just annoyed me. You know, I talk about this all the time, hearing my own voice going, hey, I annoyed myself, which is such a crazy way to start the podcast, but it's who I am. And it's like, you guys know I'm crazy. It's not in a bad way. I'm just nuts. Like most people would just start over and go, hey, welcome to Relatively But I just want to talk about it for 30 seconds or a minute or 20. Can you imagine if I just talked about that for 20 minutes and nothing else? Oh, how hard is it to just be with yourself all the time? I really do believe in that mind-body connection. You know, a lot of it my mom has taught me because she's a therapist. I used to tell this joke where I'd say my mother, whenever I don't feel well, she analyzes it. Well, most of the time. So I told her I had a tooth wake, a tooth wake. I had a toothache and she said, that's because you're chewing on a decision. And I was like, that's a lot. I believe in some of it, but that's a lot. I, I really don't think it because I'm always chewing on a decision. So I would have no teeth. I, I literally would have like, I had to have all of my teeth ripped out of my mouth because I'm I'm always chewing on this. I can never make a decision. Speaking of chewing, I'm starving. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to eat. I've been eating a lot of rice cakes, which are carbs. But I tell them, you know, again, it's the whole thing. They're brown rice cakes, too. So it's like a double whammy. It's not just it's a, it's a double lie there. It's rice and it's a cake. Um, but I also tell myself it's better than regular rice cakes because it's a brown rice cake. I, I seriously need to get help. I love you guys so much. Thank you for all of your support. Spread the word to your friends. You're amazing. You're beautiful. And have an amazing day. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Relatively Sane. I just said that and laughed because I tried to sound really upbeat. And it's so not how I feel. And I Jeff Leach is on as my guest today. Yeah. Has the yeah, best I mean, voice. Now, I mean, now I don't know how to feel now. You know this how to the, feel. This is the most miserable you've been. And, <laughs> and it's because I'm the guest. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm so trying to happy be upbeat. to have This you. is your intro. No, I'm trying to be upbeat, but now Jeff Leach no, is my guest. Everyone today, so knows that I'm honest about being down lately and anxious. Because I've been talking about it very openly. and But I was like, hi, everyone. shut up about it. It's oh, like, my God. Really? Oh, I feel bad. Oh, life is oh, difficult. Oh, stop it. Get over it. I know. White woman. You're right. Shut up, But I'm not, I'm not a typical white woman, Jeff. Because You're I'm a Jewish white woman. I'm heavy. I'm Jewish. I'm gay. I mean, there's not. This is not like, oh, my God, there's a black man on my in my corner. Like, it's not that yeah, kind of. Yeah. You're a white guy. I know, but I'm also an immigrant and dating a woman of color. I know and, you uh, have. So both. I have a couple of things too. But I mean, You're... still, I'm still white. You know what I mean? I'm still, <laughs> I'm still all right. Generally, no but, one's shooting me in the back of the head. Well, the fact that you're dating a woman of color does give you a couple of like not like you. You're not white, white. Oh, I'm getting some real insights. I mean, I thought I had insights into what was going on in the world purely based on my upbringing because you know my mum was an immigrant from another country who experienced a lot of racism in England or xenophobia I guess where was she from accurate. where was from she... uh, 
Macedonia, Romania. Okay. Born in, like raised in Romania, but Macedonian blood. Mm -hmm. But you know, we were gypsies. Everyone called, told me I was a gypsy and called my mum a gypsy bitch and stuff like that. You know, that was how, amazing. That's how they did it. Yeah. And, and that used to upset me when I was a kid. Now, I wish I'd known. I would have just put curses on them and stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I, first of all, your girlfriend is stunning. She's gorgeous. gorgeous she? Yeah, yeah. Where did you guys meet? At the Comedy Cellar. Well, at the, uh, at the Village did? Underground. She, she's one of the um, musicians who used to perform there back when they had oh music. Oh, my God. I know exactly who she is. Jeff, I love her. She's yeah. unbelievable. She's incredible. Yeah. I just yeah. put two and two together. I didn't realize that that's who that was. Because when I did the Comedy Cellar opening, you know, the, the club in Vegas. Yeah. She sang like after the shows. Right. They had the band there, did they? It was, okay. Yeah. They had like a couple people went, whatever. But she anyway, she's gorgeous and amazingly talented. And I'm so happy for you. I'll, I'll tell her you said all those nice things. I'm sure she'd love to hear those. She thinks the same of you, actually. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I've shown her a lot of your comedy. I mean, she always enjoyed when she saw you down at the club, but um, I think, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard it, but on a number of podcasts and other appearances, people will always ask me, okay, who do you like in comedy right now? Who do you think is doing well in comedy? And I, I'll always bring up your name as one of the people on top Aww. of that list. And so she and I have watched quite a bit of your stand-up material together. And she, yeah, she's, she's a big fan as well. I'm so glad. That's awesome. What, what do you think is going to happen to us? Do you think we're going to be able to do stand-up again? Yeah, like, absolutely. I think I, I, I actually think if um, look, despite what we were saying just before we <laughs> hit record, I think that there's uh, always going to be a return to laughter, especially out of a time of great austerity and conflict and sadness and pain, which is what we're in right now. People need to laugh out of misery. Mm -hmm. It's that it's that it's that I think it's because the most human response to sadness is that we break down bit by bit by bit until we're in floods of tears and you do that big blubbering cry. And at the end of a blubbering cry, no one ever does anything other than laughs because of how ludicrous they are mm -hmm. in that moment. You go, wow, I'm really feeling that much emotion. And there's a reason why laughter comes out of that pain. Um, I think it's because, you know, our body's just going, oh, come on, mate, you need a little, you need a little pep in your step. It's going to be all right. This yeah. is not the end of the world. It's nothing. If, it, if, if you're not dead yet or the world hasn't imploded, which neither of those things have happened to me certainly yet, um, then it's not the end of the world. And there are still things that could change for the better. Yeah. That's how I, look I think actually you're going to be surprised. I think that things are going to be really great. I think it's going to take yeah. a while. But I Absolutely. do think it's going to turn around. And I normally can plug through. Now, like... My father has been sick since October, so that's been really, really hard. And then he passed during this, as you know. And I've been, mm -hmm. like, said to you and other people, like, I'm so sorry because I've been, like, so not myself um, and struggling with depression and anxiety. I know you've struggled, too, and you do a lot of work on yourself. Yeah, you I do, have. Uh, I, I've right? been, like, clinically depressed since I was probably about eight or nine years old, I think. See, I haven't. And I didn't realize, I, I just thought it was emo. In England, people would just be like, oh, he wears, you know, Nirvana hoodies and he cries a lot. Right? You're just going through a stage. That's like me. He's like, I, ah, he's yeah. just a teenager. He's an emo. Yeah, that's what that's he hilarious. is. And I've always just got on board with that. I was like, yeah, I'm English and I'm a bit emo. You're like, yeah, and I wear then, a hat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, put my hair cut over one eye. Do you know what I mean? Aww. But I, I realized that um, I didn't have to feel that way. It was only, only in the last two years that I... It was three years ago in New York at Christmas time that I tried to kill myself. And then after I didn't that, know that. that I, I, no, really... I know. I'm, I think most people didn't. 
you know. No, I was down at the comedy club doing what comedians do, which is pretending like life is great and I'm all happy and drinking away to sorrow. So and then, um, do you think it was like the alcohol pushed you to that point, meaning you had the depression and the no, no, the depression pushed me to that point. But the alcohol was one part. It was a catalyst to feeling uh, even more of a magnified experience of sadness and yeah. loathing and you know uh cyclical cyclical depression is a really interesting thing because it's not it's not just like i wake up and i feel bad that happens to me some days mm -hmm. however now i know to put in place the various um step-by-step -step guide to not feeling like utter shit you know so i yeah. go all right have i been eating all right lately oh wait no i've had a few days where i've eaten pretty badly oh maybe i should try doing that or have i been working out oh it's been a week since i've worked out let me work out today like, i just go through a checklist work out get some sunshine talk to people i love stop eating i mean uh, i stopped eating shit and I, I gave up drinking a year ago now almost Amazing. a year ago july 4th i think will be my congratulations yeah well you know that you're you know you're clean and sober and, and yeah. i think those if you can work your way through a checklist it suddenly becomes a lot easier to manage those feelings yeah. whereas i think a lot of people use drink and drugs not necessarily just because they're they're alcoholics or they're drug addicts those things obviously exist but I think also for people who have great, like serious depression or OCD anxiety, those kind of mental illnesses, it's an escapism, isn't it? It's a form of escapism. Of when course, you're a bit buzzed, yeah. you don't feel it for at least a few hours. And then in the morning, you feel it 10 times worse I than know. you would have done. I know. It's and, real. Uh, I feel for so many people who are going through that right now. Can you imagine? Oh, just being, being stuck at home. At home. With your I know. Shitty husband or wife. Oh, yeah. your kids, smelly kids. Oh, please don't even tell me. I can't even. Really? Have you thought about putting them up for adoption yet? Uh, yes, of course. But the thing that I was yeah. really hoping for was that loss of smell Money. and taste. Oh, sorry. No, yeah. I've lost everything. I mean, this is the worst, you know, this. No, I thought for the sale of the children, I thought. you. Could oh, probably... sure. I mean, no, I would pay someone to take them. I'm saying like, um, I wish I lost my sense of smell because of the diapers. It's been very yeah, yeah. traumatizing. Do you want kids? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You'd be a great dad. Thanks. You would. I was a dad once. I raised someone else's kid oh, for like four years. That's hard. Yeah, it's it's hard when the when the woman who's the mother mm -hmm. is not a very nice person. Mm -hmm. So when we when we split, she went, "Well, you can't see her. She's not yours." I know and that was that happens a lot. Yeah, that was that was a new kind of uh, a new kind of misery. But then that pushed me to come into America in a lot mm -hmm. of ways. That relationship and the the breaking up of that relationship, and then I wouldn't have had all the experiences I've had since I've come here. And I think. Um, I want to. I want to be like ninety years old and still feeling like I'm learning about myself and trying to change who I am for the better. Every year, take a part of yourself you don't like, work on it, throw it out the window when you feel like you've dealt with it, and then mm -hmm. go right. What's another thing about myself that I could improve? That's great. And that can be. It doesn't have to just be aesthetic things like oh, I want to lose a little weight or I want to mm -hmm. you know take better care of my skin or whatever the hell it happens to be. You know, it can really be like oh, I I think I'm a shitty listener sometimes when I'm tired. <laughs> I'm a really shitty listener when I'm tired. I think only about me <laughs> of because <laughs> I get very inside of myself. How do I stop doing that? Right now, for instance, what's going on in the world, and, and like I say, being in a mixed race relationship, I've had to uh, realize some of my responses to things mm. as overtly as I'm active in the political activism side of supporting Black Lives Matter and trying to end racism, which I want. <laughs> there's certain responses I have that are indicative of me caring more about what my opinion is rather than listening to what someone else is trying to explain to me about the way they feel. Right. Um, 
So it doesn't mean I'm tone deaf to what's going on in the movement, but it has meant that there's been disconnects or discommunication between myself and even my partner where I've gone, you know, she's shown me something, a bit of media, looking for what I think most people, most black people or people of color are looking for right now, which is, can you just please see what the last 450 years have been like and what right now is happening to us? Please just see that and feel it if you would feel the same way if your kid or your wife or your husband or your mm. son or your daughter or your grandpa was treated this way. And, um, and then my thing is to go like, oh, well, that's a great video. There's good points there. But you know what? The eloquence at this part could have been improved upon. Or if I'm constructively Right, right, right. They just want to be like, heard. Everyone just wants to be heard. Also, it, we're comics, right? So we try and pick apart every situation yeah. and look at it from all different angles, even the worst people on the planet's viewpoints to find humor by, you know, uh, tearing this thing apart. Like I, I went to the Pride um, slash Black Lives Matter protest yesterday, mm -hmm. which was an interesting thing because Pride I'm used to, you know, I dressed up in some real short shorts. I went full Euro boy. <laughs> You're the best with that. You're oh, I so had my thighs out. Attractive. I know. Yeah, like I, I shave the chest. Oh, you guys have how... to follow Jeff and look at his picture. I mean, I'm attracted to you, and I'm not, I haven't been with a man in 25 years. Like, you're... I look pretty feminine, though. There's a part of you that just really wants to go down on me. You think yeah. I have a beautiful well, vagina. Yeah, you do you have. I think it. you'd have a very powerful, like, get over here. Come on, take it. I have a very know? masculine vagina. Yeah. Right. And, um... A mangina. Well, that's a man. Like, a lot of gay men say that their asshole is a mangina. I oh, love really? that term, mangina. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and I've had a few hemorrhoids, so there's probably a clip. Well, those are the worst. While you're home, just, I mean, yeah. Just one sticks around, yeah. I mean, it's well, horrible. that was the cocaine days. Cocaine, you Me always too. end up with a couple of grapes, <laughs> right? Yeah, because you don't think about how hard you're taking a shit. <laughs> you just got cut this out so I can put more coke in my nose. Yeah, yeah, and you get caught. Well, my, it's horrible. It's horrible, yeah, but I yeah. miss it. And then you're like, yeah. Um, but let me ask you a quick question because this is very important because a lot of people that listen to this podcast are mentally ill. And that uh, yeah, I mean that yeah. in the best way possible. I love mm -hmm. how crazy everyone is and they when they send me messages and all kinds of stuff. And I'm really I'm starting to understand depression a lot more because I always had like a low kind of like uh, I never wake up like, hey, can't wait for the day. But it's been heavy duty lately. And I it's actually made me really feel for people like you who've had that experience for a while. What got you to the point? You said that you got to the point where you tried to kill yourself and you mm. started taking care. Like what helped you to start taking care of yourself in the way of what did I eat today? Did I get enough rest? Like what sure. got you to that point? I got uh, and I think and I've I, so it's interesting that we're doing this because I, I talk like you do on your podcast really openly about depression and about suicide and about alcoholism on the live stream content I do. And a lot of people identify with the feeling of waking up every day and you look in the mirror mm -hmm. and the first thing you say to yourself is, oh, I fucking hate myself because yeah. of X, Y, and Z. Now, for me, a lot of it was, why did I drink again last night? Why did I go out and drink mm -hmm. in the fucking fat black pussycat until four in the morning? For, for what? Like, I didn't have like some crazy, amazing night. It wasn't a big experience. It was just me drinking to try and forget misery and then waking up feeling 12 times as miserable because I'm hung over now and feel a bit shitty. And if you do that every day mm -hmm. for years, yeah. wake up and look at yourself and go, I fucking hate you, man. It ends up to a point where you just go, I mean, like what's there's no, there's no progression here. I don't feel like I'm progressing. So what I put in place 
and it it won't work for everyone. And I'm, I, I, I hasten to add that because I know yeah. that a lot of people go, well, I've tried and you know, some people need medication. Some people need constant therapy. Some mm-hmm. people need a time in a, in a rehab center. Some people mm-hmm. need those things. For me, it got to a point where I needed to be so sick of hearing myself beat myself up every day for years upon years upon years that one day I just went, okay, what I'm, what I'm now seeing is that every time I go into the thought process of doing that, it never works to get me out of that cycle. So clearly thinking is my problem. Overthinking is my problem. Thinking about how much I hate myself is my problem. So I'm going to stop thinking, which for someone who's OCD as well, is a very difficult task. Yeah. Because I'm thinking 20, like, look, even you and I, in terms of doing this podcast and our interactions, you're one of the people that I love the most in the comedy industry. And yet, as you've said, you know, we, we tried to arrange a few things. And, yeah, well, and, and I canceled I, some stuff. I mean, I'm taking responsibility. I, I have been I know not you, I know. acting the way that I want to act. You know what I'm saying? And like, I hope you don't mind me talking openly about this. No, I'm glad you I'm are. I'm the kind I'm of person open. who, yeah. when I meet someone like you, mm-hmm. who has similar broken elements to her, her mind mm-hmm. and the way she lives her life, and I can identify and empathize and feel sympathetic towards someone like you, um, I am guilty of getting very personally hurt. Yeah, I get like that when too. someone's not intending to hurt me, mm-hmm. and I have to catch myself out on that. And I, I did that to you, and I think that, that that that's what I was doing to myself is I was just beating myself up mm-hmm. unnecessarily for something that was out of my control. So I went, all right, how do I do this? I stopped thinking. So I took a bag and I put a bag of gym kit by my front door, and that's where it lived for at least the first year when I was in LA. Now I don't need the bag there anymore. I just go when I need to go. But every time I started looking in the mirror and going, I fucking hate myself. What a waste of space I am. No one's, I'm never going to achieve anything because I'm always holding myself back mm-hmm. mentally, physically, aesthetically by drinking, by using drugs, by doing things that are making me a worse person, a worse version of myself and not the honest good guy that I am. And so I put a bag by the door and every time I thought that, I went, shut up, shut up. You fucking idiot. Shut up. And I picked up the bag and I was like, shut up. And I walked out the door. Shut up. Shut up. Got in the car. Drove to the gym all the way. I'm just going, stop. No, yeah. no, no, no. And I get in there and I start doing something that I know makes me feel good. Yeah. I'm better about myself. And then 12 minutes into working out, I've forgotten about those hateful thoughts mm-hmm. about myself or self-loathing. And then I leave after an hour and I've, I've got dopamine and endorphins. I feel good. And then I'm like, yeah. wow, I've set myself up. And then I go home and I cook something nice. And I go, now nah, I feel even better. And then I do some writing or I do some work or I edit a video or I do a live broadcast. I talk openly and honestly about my misery, my depression and how I'm trying to conquer it. And other people go, hey man, this works uh, and try this. Right. And thank you for sharing and blah, blah, blah. And by doing that now, by shutting my own internal voice up for a while, mm-hmm. I found a way to no longer have that voice. Now it does come back every now and then, mm-hmm. but now I'm equipped that as soon as I start hearing it, I go, oh, well, I'm clearly not doing some of the things that keep that, keeps that voice at bay. Well, a lot of people it, would use meditation or yoga yes, yes. in the same way. Well, you know, you, what you're saying is very like people, it's about taking action and doing something to combat that net because it's never a positive thing like you never wake up and it's like oh you're great you're so great you do yeah. it's it's always negative because no, we're not voice. on instagram you know trying to create a public figure yeah career like i mean those people who do that and all of those people that i know who do that and live that kind of a lifestyle anyway yes i'm just feeling myself today i'm doing it look at me <laughs> oh my living god. life oh my god photos oh my doing god it you look perfect. so good protest i'm not really here but i'm here loving it those people oh god you do that too are well so desperately fucking miserable man i, I know a I few know. of them very well and they're 
they're not right in the head. They're, 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 they're living like sociopaths. And I'd rather be a miserable cunt me too. Than a happy sociopath. Well, that's what, <laughs> you know, I, I thought about, yes, I thought about yesterday. I'm like, I'm going to start being positive on my podcast and I'm going to do Instagram lives oh, and give boring. everyone er- energy. And I'm suffer. like, what are you doing? It's not real. You're not, yeah. that, what am I going to do? Like, hey. Having said that, let me pose your question to you. Do you think you could still maintain the, the, the uh, acute level of humor that you possess could you still be as honest and as raw if you started to build a life for yourself that didn't depend on depression as one of your defining characteristics, do you think? Do I think, no. You continue to create and be as funny and be as prolific and as open and as honest in the way that you are on stage uh, and in other media formats like your podcast, if you didn't let being a depressed person define who you are? as one of your main characteristics because you're quite openly on stage I think I'll always be depressed no matter what I do in a little bit of a way so I don't think I'll ever be quote unquote cured I think it's like a part of me you will always have depression yes you will always have that because it's a mental illness I will always have depression Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to be depressed ever like I was previously no because as time goes on I'm less and less and less depressed I'm a, a person who suffers from depression who doesn't let it I completely I understand that. And I thought it was going to make me less funny, less able, mm-hmm. less successful, no. less edgy and raw and real. No. And the truth is, I'm infinitely better. I was going to say, it's the, it's the opposite. You're probably... But it took, a, took yeah. two or three years to feel that way. But what I'm saying is, um, I don't think for people who have depression, it becomes such an identifiable part of who we are. We just go, but that's who we are. That's who I am. And the the truth is, no, it's fucking not. Who you are is who you want to be. However, you also have a little broken facet of yourself that tries to make you depressed all the time. Yeah. I completely agree with you. I don't, I don't think that this is the way I'm always going to feel for me. It's situational. Like I had a therapy session yesterday and she said the same thing. It's like, it's because of all this loss, my, my career, my social, you know, hanging out with you guys at the cellar or where or the stand or wherever That's very depressing. it's killing That's a very me. Depressing That's the most, I mean, the whole lifestyle change of being home all the time, losing my dad, losing, you know, being able to go to a restaurant, just the social interactions. I am very, sure. and I'm a very physical person. And so are you like, I hug tw- 30 people a night. So that's yeah, been yeah. really hard to not have that. They often like people in the comedy community think you're the person who actually started the COVID cases amongst us. <laughs> That's so funny. I hope so. Hugging people. I hope so. I really hope that I gave all of you COVID. I really do. Yes, absolutely. Did you ever have it? I mean, have you had it yet? I was sick right before COVID was announced as a global pandemic. So, and I was in bed for three days at my girlfriend's house. I literally couldn't move out of the bed. I was just, and when I coughed, it felt like it was really uh, raw coughing. It felt like someone was stabbing a thing. So yeah. I, feel like I potentially could have had it and now have the antibodies. Um, but I don't know. I, I mean, I haven't had the test yet. And you're in L.A. right now? I'm in L.A., yeah. Isn't yeah, it? Yeah. That must help because of the weather. Like, because I'm in New York, it gets very rainy here sometimes. Yeah, I don't know if the weather affects necessarily the spread of it. I think it's just a... No, I'm like saying stupidity. for you mentally, it's probably better because you oh, can go out. Yeah. Uh, Jess, the reason I moved to L.A., I didn't move to L.A. to become a better stand-up comedian. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know like, it's harder if there. I wanna, if for I for anyone listening who doesn't know, it is definitely harder to get stage time in LA than harder New York. to get stage time, but also harder to exist as a comedian for a career here. They just don't want to pay people properly. They certainly don't want to. You're not. You're not. You're not given opportunity based on how good you are on stage. That's not how it's done. Do you remember that show we did at the uh, the store? And I know you're past there now. Your name's on the wall, correct? I think so. I mean, I'm past, yeah. but I haven't seen, I don't know if my name's yeah, on the wall. I think your name's on the wall now. Yeah. Um, but if you're past there and you're a paid regular, then you are, your name's on the wall. Mm -hmm. But I remember that night we both performed a few years ago, just before I moved I remember, here, and I said ago. something to them about you. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, my, my, um, my agent manager at the time got me a, a spot and then I spoke to you and your guy and he was mm -hmm. like, oh, Jesse's going up tonight as well. We went on that stage and we performed with a load of LA comics and all the comics who went on before us had like they you know they had sets they had sets but it was a late night crowd they weren't working the crowd they didn't have the chops they didn't have any improv skills no ability to read an audience yeah there's a difference i went up yeah had a fucking blinder and thought oh i've just rocked this room the booker's gonna like like fall in love with me and then you went up after me and took it to another level that no one in that room even thought was possible and blew it out of the water so thank you no now it no, doesn't matter because i'm but, a, but yeah even after those performances i know that, that wasn't me and you now getting uh paid regular activity at that club mm -hmm. you had to go back and do a few more and it was only once you started getting the specials and the bilber and the tv shows with the apatar and the crashings and all that stuff that suddenly the booker goes oh yeah jess yeah of course jess of course we want you on stage here and it's just so sycophantic out here it's so it's solely based about ticket sales not about because if they if they were doing it based on comic ability and talent then they would have made you a paid regular that night they would have gone i've yeah. just witnessed a comedian do the best this room has probably ever experienced for the mm. last three months yeah no i'm not even fucking well around, it is different in new york if you're see. really talented and you're really strong you do get a lot of stage time it's about talent more so new york is how new good york. are you as a yeah. comic and we'll give you work if you're a good comic what's you know? it like in england because again also a lot of stand-up comics listen to this i'm curious because yeah, i perform there sweaters a lot of neck beards i know a lot of like oh god do you guys ever just uh, make a cup of tea and then really think that it's too hot am i right <laughs> 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 we have to be like a character there you've even got to be like a soft twat that no one would ever want to hang out with off stage you know when you eat or, a scone and it's like uh the scone doesn't have, have to play really posh michael mcintyre jack white we have to be like oh my god really do you oh, think perhaps right, right, i right. could be this oh <laughs> yeah <laughs> mm, very funny all of that shit. but you got a lot of stage time there are. right i mean when you were you start like did you get a lot of stage time in england oh yeah 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 like i used to do theater tours in england not not big ones you know like yeah 250 to 300 seaters and yeah. stuff and some of them would be sold out, some of them not, you know. But um, yeah, I, I could do like I could headline good clubs back in the UK. But there's only so much you can do there, you know. You go and I know. You make your you can only do one club a night. You have to drive out to a town somewhere. It's like it's like going and doing gigs in uh, Connecticut, yeah. Connecticut or Connecticut or New Jersey or something like that from New York. Right. Like you drive out there, you do your show, you get paid whatever it's four hundred, five hundred bucks for the night, then you drive home. We don't make quite as much as you do in America for the headline spots on the weekends and stuff. You know, so. Is is it similar there to what's going on here? Like, is there a, it seems it like now. it's really mirroring what's happening here. I don't know enough about Absolutely. it. I sound. No, yeah, there yeah. is, there is, you know, they're pushing uh, slave owner statues in the rivers and you know, the uh, protests are very 
real and very um very passionate mm-hmm. uh i think in the same way that i've seen certainly in la i'm not sure if it's the same in new york but the protesters are people of all races yes they and are all ages mm-hmm. and yeah it's the same in england um and again press trying to you know murdoch and his lot trying to paint it like it's some horrendous set of violence the latest thing they were trying to show a load of uh like load of young border. black guys kicking, yeah. kicking the shit out of some some white guy on his own just lone white man gets right. beaten in the middle of the street i know i what love they that didn't say is that the white man in question was from uh, a racist uh nationalist group that went down to fight protesters yeah i mean it's if like, you're going to be a part of that you have, you have to be willing to get your ass kicked i'm sorry hey, listen you want to be you want to be a, a neo-nazi nationalist I can't stop you doing that. But if you turn up to a Black Lives Matter protest, don't be surprised when you get your fucking head kicked. In, exactly. Right? That's what's going to happen. Then you know? they're a victim. It's like a heckler. When I, I, yeah, I always yeah. say that. I'll be on stage and someone will be like, you suck. And then I'm like, it's, if it's a woman, like she's like, you're not funny. And then I'm like, what did you say? And then she, be, she becomes a victim. I love it. Yeah. The Why would you? Oh, Why did you talk to me I'm like offended. that? I was just joking. And then right. you took it too right. far. It's like, fucker, if you start with me, I wrote on Twitter. I, I can't, I feel sorry for the first person that heckles me after this whole thing. Is, yeah. <laughs> I can't even oh, imagine. Oh, you're going to rip them a oh, new one. Oh my God. Yeah. Aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. I'm doing it every day. I've been doing it online. Here's the other thing that we, to hark back to your question earlier on about what's going to happen to comedy. I think that what we've now created is, and it already already existed, but it was very much on the fringe. It was something that no stand-up comedian or professional stand-up comedian would ever take seriously up until this point, is all of the kind of content that comics are able to create in different and inventive, mm-hmm. technologically advanced ways, like Zoom comedy shows or mm-hmm. live broadcasts on YouTube or creating more video content to share around your followers or whatever. Anyone who's telling me right now they can't work is not trying hard enough to find avenues of work mm-hmm. because there is an audience. There are people who are trapped at home. They want to laugh. They want to be involved. They want to support you. In the last two months, I've seen revenue of all my online content and my live streams go through the fucking roof. Yeah. Whereas that wasn't happening when I was able to go on stage. Mm -hmm. And I certainly wasn't making money in LA when I was going on stage, only when I go to New York or when I go to Vegas, you know? Yeah. So I think that there's there's probably, look, there's probably a more long in the tooth kind of comic who, if they're super successful already, like the Bill Burrs and the Dave Chappelle's, they don't have to fucking worry about live streaming or doing any Mm -hmm. of that shit. There's people like yourself who are certainly, you know, older than 30 mm-hmm. and might go, well, I don't understand all the technological stuff, but I'm clever enough to get Well, a I'm going to learn more of it. I actually made a decision to really learn more because why there not? I'm sitting home. Which you have like, to do. That's like my mum yeah. not knowing how to use FaceTime. And then when I sit down and I teach her, now she's like, oh, wow, I can do this. Uh, I can do that. I'm like, yeah. it was always available to you, you know. I had to help her with Zoom so she could do her WI, her Women's Institute meeting. Oh, I love that so much. Are they all still on lockdown all over England? Well, I think they're sort of slowly opening up like they are in America as well. Mm. Although we'll probably stay slightly longer in England because we're not mental. You know, we're not like, oh, yeah, it's it's fine. The coughs have barely subsided. I can't. I I mean, like, that's why traveling to other... um, states is going to be hard because if people are going out and it's spreading there that's and that's where we have gigs booked 
But you know what you do? You take your little spray, your isopropyl alcohol spray. You take your mask. You turn up to the venue. You wear the mask. Go, hey, sorry, guys. I just want to be, you know, I'm traveling around meeting a lot of people. So I'm going to keep the mask on. Till. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah. Go on stage without the mask. Do your set, you know, spray the microphone down, all of that business. And then when you get off, you put it back on, you fuck off before people want to come out and touch you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like just don't... wear gloves when you're furiously masturbating in the green room. That's what you do. You just like put on a pair <laughs> of rubber. That's what I do in the green room every sh- before the show every and after. Same. I like to mark my territory like a lion. You know, like a lion yeah. urinates on the corner of its cage. I yes. like to jizz in the corner of every green room. Me I've too. The jizz everywhere. That's exactly how I feel. That's what they call me. I actually like to go on stage and just be like, hey, everyone, and wave my hand, and then my jizz just flies on the front you row. fling it at you the fling front it at their head. They're like, yeah. was that sweat? But I now people will be, maybe be wearing face shields and stuff, So, because I have, I get rid of a lot of it at one t- with one hand swipe. I thought you were no. still handing out ponchos for the front row. Are you not doing that anymore? No, I used to because oh. they weren't selling that well. Like Ex- people yeah, would give them back to me after well, with yeah. the jizz all over them. And I'm like, if they buy it beforehand, it's fine. But it would, they Which all is said, always... if you're a comedian in Japan, you could actually charge money for those soiled ponchos or soiled. You could sell the panties after the show as well. Wow, that's like. so amazing. I should move to Japan. Thank you so much to all of my Patreon members for supporting the podcast. All right, hold up. Could you take a little off, off the piece? You're hitting them too hard. The Not <laughs> action. Thank you so much to all of my Patreon members for supporting the podcast. Hold on. Now you're whispering Patreon. Is there a reason oh. you're whispering? Well, you said to take the put. Somewhere like, in the middle. Okay, okay. You ready? Action. Thank you so much to all of my Patreon members. <sighs> now you got to pause. For those of you who don't know, Patreon members, is that okay? <laughs> Patreon. It was perfect. Why would you stop? Oh, okay. Patreon members. Cut. Let's go back to the beginning. Thank you. And so- action. Thank you so much to all my Patreon members for supporting the podcast. For those of you who don't know, Patreon members get early access to the podcast, ad-free episodes, and access to monthly live streams where we talk more about... All right, let's take it back to the beginning. That was perfect. Do it exactly like that. I just did it well, though, Except but why are you starting over? Thank you so much to all of my patron... Cut. Why are you screaming? Because I'm just trying to get through this. Action. Thank you so much to all of Action. my... Thank you so much to all of my Patreon members. For those of you who don't know, Patreon members get early access to the podcast. Perfect. Keep going. There's so many Ps. Keep going. Keep going. Ad-free episodes. You could cut this out, right? For those of you who don't know, Patreon members get early access to the podcast, ad-free episodes, and access to monthly live streams where we talk more about being relatively sane. Hold up. Did we agree on monthly live streams? Yes. You told me I should do them because it'll get more members. I don't know how to do a monthly live stream. Don't you just talk in your phone? Uh, We'll figure it out. Come on, let's get through this. We have to go. We should speed this up. All right. Thank you so much to all my Patreon members for supporting this podcast. For those of you who don't know, Patreon members get early access to the podcast, ad-free episodes, and access to monthly live streams. We don't know what that is, but whatever, where we talk about being relatively sane. If you want to join our fantastic community that is so corny, go to patreon.com slash Jessica Curson. That's patriot.com slash Jessica Curson. That's patreon. I think you said patriot.com. Go to petroleum.com, I mean, patreon.com slash Jessica Curson. That's patreon.com slash Jessica Curson. Patreon.com slash Jessica Curson. Thanks again. And cut. That's a wrap. I think you'd be huge in Japan. I would be physically huge. That's what I'm saying. I would be enormous compared. Yeah, maybe they would, (laughs) they'd try to topple me over into a river. 
<laughs> yeah, I- that, you, you'd be like Godzilla storming <laughs> through the city of Tokyo. <laughs> Let me tell you jokes. Ah, <laughs> can you do that? Yeah. Am I allowed to do I, that? Let me I ask mean, everyone. You've done it now. I, I, I did it. I went more anime voice. You went more just. No, I'm not going to not Japanese do voices because voice. someone's like, I'm offended. I'm be like, I'm telling you, you're offended. Like, I'm not doing that. I know. I can, but I can yet. get away with it. You can't. You can. You can yeah, because you're, you're lesbian and you're Jewish. I'm a you woman. It's different. Yeah. It's different. Uh, people say, you know, is it hard being a female comic? I, I can get away with a lot of stuff that some of my guy friends can't. It's true. Absolutely. You pulled your penis out in front of a lot of support acts and no one's ever complained, have they? Yeah. Once at a nursing home, it was someone got very upset because it's large. Right. But they, so Alzheimer's, she was like, what is that thing? Get the security. You know what I mean? Because I have a huge cock. So it scared <laughs> this woman, Sylvia. Yeah. I'm not taking those pills. Yeah. <laughs> but Jeff, then, what's it like to have a huge cock? I mean, you have to. I don't. We don't have to get into that. But I kind of want to know. We can get into it. I, Is it uncomfortable? Um, I like, have, do you feel it do all you the time? Do you really want to know about all my, yes. my penis? Yeah. Okay. Dimensions. I mean, when it's fully erect, it's, it's nine inches in length. That's a lot. Eight and a half to nine. I inches. even know that. It's slightly short of nine inches. Just a little. Just a just a tip short of nine inches. Okay. Um, uncircumcised. Oh. However, my 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 uh, the, the little the frenulum. You know, you have two frenulums. You have one under here that joins your lip to there. Yeah. Uh, to your gums. Then you have another one on the penis. Oh, I never knew your, this. Your this is fascinating. Oh yeah, it's like a little a yeah. little join. Uh-huh. And my cock grew too big for my foreskin. So when I used to get in a full erection, my penis would be like slightly taut, then, yeah. and I would get lacerations on that little frenulum. <gasps> oh. When I was nineteen, my first love. I ripped my frenulum, so my, my, and then my foreskin healed, like able to move open and about. So now it's great. It's got a little hood. It works. It's great. Yeah. Wow, but not like a hood. Not like a. I'm not. It's not a racist. Yeah, penis. is that like a weird thing you're dating? Of that's. Does she like that? My when you use the penis. hood. Yeah. <laughs> do you carry a Can torch you while you're that fucking? Thing away? Him? It offends me. Do you carry a torch while you're? I said fuck. I should have said making love to her. Yes, I. I my penis always. <laughs> This is so much fun. Oh my god! This I is, hope this is fun. the clip that my we little use. racist penis. Is that what it's going to be called? That's the episode. Well, not little. My my enormous racist penis. My gregarious, outspoken, awful racist penis. No, um, I think it's great. I really do. I I think that's it's why great. I'm making love to a, a a black woman so that my penis can really understand what it's like to be in a mixed race relationship. It's not even for me because I'm already there. I'm already progressive enough to understand that all But your penis is supposed to be in a mixed race relationship. Your penis penis is is not supposed to be for a little white girl. It's not. It's not why God created that. My penis. What? Devout Christian as well. (laughs) What what do you call it? Or what does she call it? I actually don't have a... Oh, if a guy has a name for his penis, he has Mm. a small cock. Guaranteed. That's a a rule. Oh, 100%. That's so interesting. I would never... That seems so like... um, like r- crazy to me that someone if would you, have a small penis. What's crazy and have is a name. assigning so much importance. That's to your what own I'm saying to something you you're ashamed of. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. But yeah, I think if a guy tells you he's got a name, yeah, 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 my uh, my big old John Thomas or my, you know, I call him, <laughs> I call him Caspian, King of the Wanderers, whatever the fuck it is. If someone has a name for their penis, small penis, guarantee. guarantee. My dick is called Ted Cruz. Yeah, mine's just a cock. It's just a cock, but it's, you know, it's a good cock. She, was she surprised? She must have been. I mean, a lot, like, it's it's not, 
a common thing. But somehow I hear about the comics who have big penises. Really? How do you hear about it? The, people tell me. Like, I don't ask uh, who has a big dick. Maybe they feel like it's you're a safe haven they for do. that kind of knowledge because you're like, she's never going to give a shit about this. That's so, and, and plus the women aren't threatened. Like, they don't, they're not threatened by me that I want to be with someone. Yeah, with the, yeah that's so funny. No, I hear exactly. about guys that have big penises. I hear about, then there's male comics that show me, like, look at this ass. Will Sylvins. Will Sylvins shows a photo of Will, his. He's shown me a photo of his I penis know. before. I know. I saw a photo of his and I gave up meat for a year. I can't even say that without <laughs> laughing. <laughs> it's like a baby's forearm holding an apple. It's ridiculous. That thing should be toppled over and put in a river. Yeah. I've never seen I think like- it needs to be in conservation because it looks like an elephant <laughs> trunk. I'm pretty certain it's not even human. Where would it be in conservation? Let's talk about it. I mean, now there's maybe, I don't know. I think New York City would definitely... Would definitely what conserve his penis? Yes, or? yes. I mean, there's some places. I that mean, the Bronx Zoo though, they it. don't really take good care of their animals. The Bronx Zoo. My I buddy know. used to be a zookeeper there, and I feel like I feel like William's penis deserves better. William. So maybe like yeah, maybe he could get Carol Baskin to look after it. She's <laughs> taken over the Tiger King's tiger farm now. Have you heard that? She's finally got it in a legal no. battle. She purchased no, I didn't know. It. That. Oh yeah. Oh, she's got it. While he's in jail, she now has his his tiger farm. She's it's taken a, over it's incredible. This whole world bitch. is, I don't know what is going on. You know, it's, this is, this is a time when you'll hear something and be like, is that true? Is that a joke? Cause you just, it, it, it's been going on. We're living on. in idiocracy, that movie, yeah. aren't we? We're literally living it. I know. Yeah. And I think it started years ago when reality t- TV came out. I, I, that's actually how I, and, and technology. I think-, I think it started. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to pull up the name of this book because I've only just started reading it. But there's um there's a piece of literature by some Russian um, uh, sociologists and psychologists. Basically, at a certain point, Russia looked to their scientific um, uh, psychological warfare mm-hmm. uh, leaders to go like, how can we take down America? Really? If it's not going to be by sending loads of troops over because really the, the space, the distance, it makes it almost impossible for any kind of serious attack on the US, on US soil. Um, so so there's a, a book wow. called The Foundations of Geopolitics. And it's basically a manifesto written by some of the leading uh, you know, social science minds in, in, the, in Russia about the destabilization, uh, destabilization of the US using only um, a political activism within the country, uh, dissent and segregation in mindset, and everything that has happened over the last 100 years in, uh, in the US is literally step-by-step step laid out in that book. What like is when the name we, when of the talk, book? Oh, it's called Geo, uh, Geopolitics. Uh, hang on a sec. Fundam- is it Fundamental Geopolitics? I'm going to grab it again, sorry. No, that's it okay. It is called I, I would just... Foundations of Geopolitics. Right, and I look it up, Foundations of Geopolitics. But I'm reading through it, and I'm condensing a huge piece of writing into a very simplistic term. But they basically go, okay, first thing we need to do is uh, destabilize racial um, equality in the country and ensure that everyone hates everyone for their skin color. Then we need to do this. Then we need to elect uh, a divisive Christian, uh, pro-Christian religious sects into the into power we need to ensure that x y and z happens it's it's like a step-by-step guide now i don't know how much of that was already going to happen in this country irrespective of i understand foreign agents pushing it in the right direction but when you read it you literally go oh this is a step-by-step guide of what's happened for the last certainly 60 years in this country 
That is and it's so insane. interesting. What do you and think is going to happen? Do you think civil war really? I, I totally a hundred percent agree. And I said, do this you have on a gun? A, no, but I'm. I have a family, and I'm like, oof. If things get really crazy, yeah. I'm not opposed to protecting my family. I mean, I want to get I, my gun license get, and get a handgun. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I have kids, and um, if things get really physical and people start fighting, and are you kidding me? Yep. I'll do anything I have to to protect my family. Yeah, you sit in your home, you lock the door, and you put that gun on the side. Yeah, and you stay, teach kids to stay the fuck away from it, and you go, listen. Oh, if well, anyone well, starts banging be on my door because they're going to kick it in. Yeah, yeah. Because I'll point it at them and say, "Get the fuck out of my house, otherwise I'm going to put three in your head." Well, I was going to say, "What? What?" And this is, and I ask everyone this, but what? What do you personally think is going to happen? Do you think Trump's going to win again? I, if you'd asked me that two or three months ago, I would have said yes, hundred mm-hmm. percent. I was pretty certain that you know his approval rating was going up, certainly amongst his voters, um, unless everyone mobilizes to vote or you know there's a big influx of change of thought Mm -hmm. in in some of those red states but then i've heard now that some of the most red states are turning purple i think there is a movement happening you know i think there's only so much that people can be lied to about how great the economy is and how that's all to do with trump and it had nothing to do with the fact that once you come out of the global pandemic of course there's an uprise in purchases of course Mm -hmm. there's an upturn you know i think that people are cottoning on a little bit I do too. You sound like Um, me. That's what I say. That's exactly what I I say. I'm hopeful now, whereas I wasn't a few months ago. And I think that what has happened now is is, has gone beyond politics of left and right. Mm -hmm. You know, I I consider myself now as progressive and activist driven as I am. I still consider myself a left leaning moderate because I don't like the policies and the politics of a lot of the extremes of both parties. I agree with you completely. Mm -hmm. So I want to find a way for the right-leaning moderates to understand what the left-leaning moderates are saying and to talk and discuss and have an understanding so that they go, all right, even though I'm conservative or I'm a more of a Republican voter, this man does not really represent what my Republican ideals are. He doesn't. And that's, that's true if anyone looks at it beyond just going, wow, fuck the liberals, man. All these liberal cucks, these simps, these, you know, fuck boys. No, I'm all for, you know, Trump's really doing it for the country. I think a few of those people now are realizing he's not. And, and that's positive. That's hopeful. I hope some of those people just won't even bother voting, actually. And then I think that there's, having seen the, the protest, the marches firsthand and being at a number of them myself, I know that there's a very vocal um active politically active and and genuinely um mobilized politically mobilized set of people in the world now who who will vote this year who've never voted before i know and that's because and that just happened no also like it's so crazy i mean when trump won the last I, i remember this i was doing a lot of colleges and the kid they all were bernie they all were bernie supporters all these colleges and and they were like, we're not voting. And I was going crazy. I was like, no, you have to vote. You have to vote mm-hmm. no matter what. Just vote. Even if you, I don't care. Just go and vote. And so many thousands and thousands and thousands of people didn't. But I don't think that's going to happen this time. I don't. No. I, and I think it's going to be, the numbers are going to be crazy. With It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Either way. I think, look, you know, worst case scenario, if that piece of shit gets another four years, we'll get through that. We'll get through that in the same way that we got through the last four years. Has it been happy? No. Has it been divisive? Yes. Has it thrown a huge amount of things into question, though, yes. that were previously just 
accepted yes so actually trump being in power th th you think these kind of protests and riots I, would happen I, if there wasn't a racist president we, who doesn't give I, a solitary fuck about most people in this country in power no it wouldn't have happened so it's good that's a good thing. It's a break. It's a breakdown right now, but it leads to a breakthrough. I don't think it's at its bottom, unfortunately. But, well, we did see a lot of violence with the protests, and I think that's getting better. I don't know. That was really scary to see all those fights and the fires. I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" I understand that, though. I think I, I think I do a, too. A, I'm not saying I don't understand it. I'm just saying, wow, this is like you don't you just don't think you're going to see that. It's like the people I've seen. Yeah, it's well, we're witnessing we're a, a historical revolution. I, I mean, know. that's we will look back on this in 50 years time and go, our kids will be taught about this period of history. Oh, this is 100 uh, percent. Um, I, I said that to a friend like Rachel Feinstein had a baby. I said, your child. Is oh, she had a baby. Say, yeah, she had a little girl. Oh, wonderful. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I, I said to her, your daughter's always going to say I was born during COVID, during this whole with the protests mm -hmm. and uh, even with my dad passing, like it's such a crazy time for anything huge to happen even if nothing's happening it's such a crazy time for all of us but have you been <clears throat> trying to be funny during this time out of interest i've tried um and i and i was succeeding at it meaning i was doing instagram lives i was doing stuff and it's not that i, I could end up doing it tonight it's not about <laughs> that but it's been very difficult for the past week like really really hard and i know myself i go through this and then i'll come out of it and i'll be okay I, I, and I know I need to be creative. I have to or else forget it. Like I have to. Yeah, yeah you go crazy. Yeah, I feel that. <clears throat> and I love putting something out and seeing the response, be not for me, but because I love that people are laughing. It makes me so feel so good. Absolutely. But it's very hard to get motivated, as you know, when you feel like this. It is not easy to be silly yeah. and a clown when you're feeling. I also think that um, I don't know if it affects you, but you, you mentioned sunshine. You mentioned coming out here to the sun. I know that LA for comedy is not quite as um, the hotbed of beautiful clubs and nonstop. Well, that doesn't even matter anymore because who knows what's going to, I mean, seriously. There you, go. you know, I was talking to Aaron Berg on my podcast, you know, a few days ago and he, he was saying like, he hasn't missed it. He said, you know, like, it's all right. It's a job that I do. I don't get me wrong. I love doing stand up, but I don't have to do it for me anymore i do it because i have a child and i want to make sure she has a life and a future i have a wife i have a home and mm -hmm. and he's really been looking at going why the fuck do i live in new york now because if comedy is not here anymore yeah that's very true very no reason to be fortune. here now i don't think i hate to say this and it's sad but i don't think there'll be half the clubs when this whole thing ends in new york i don't no. not in new york because it's going to take a very long time for um, well some of them were financially on exactly and i've said anyway yeah. um so what's that's gonna your, be interesting to see what happens to those i'm places. curious about this i always have been with you what's your main goal when it comes to entertainment like what's your dream job what would be if someone said what if you can do this what would it i can be? tell you what my dream life is yeah creatively because um i the, the to answer your first question I I don't have one job that I want to do or one goal that I want to do. I'm a mm -hmm. renaissance man. I want to be good at lots of things and I want to creatively get to throw my fingers into all these mm -hmm. different pies. But this is my perfect life. Over the course of a year, this is going to happen in maybe uh, maybe another five to 10 years time, I'll reach this stage, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I want to be able to shoot TV show or movie, 
you know, for six months of the year, that's what I'm doing. I'm creating some great piece of art that speaks to people that tell stories. It doesn't necessarily have to be funny. Right. Uh, I like doing drama an awful lot. Yeah. Um, then I want to go and tour my stand up, whatever. I, I, I like the process of writing a new hour every year. That's, that's how great. I would like to be. But I don't necessarily think that's, it has to be like that. Maybe an hour every two years, you know, whatever mm -hmm. it is. And then tour that round. I want to do that for four months of the year. And then for two months of the year, I'd like to spend in another country with yeah. my kids and my wife doing something for people that don't know who the fuck I am and doing something for free to help people. I love that. So I that. remember, yeah, that would be, that, that would be my perfect life. If I get, if I get, if I get, you know, do that every year, I'd be very content. What, that sounds like a dream. What, what countries have you not been to that you want? Like what's on your bucket list? Oh, well, Japan. Yeah. I want like to I wanna Japan. see a sex robot show. In Japan. Yeah. Me I too. I want to see that. Yeah. There's something about, you know, we're all going to be fucking robots soon enough anyway. I just want to get ahead of the curve and get into it now. You know what? I understand fresh, that. I also want to go to Africa on a, on a safari. I've been to Marrakesh. I haven't been to like a safari experience um, in Africa. Malawi is beautiful, actually. That'd oh, be a I nice bet. place to go and dig a, dig a, a fucking well and build a school for kids. That'd be nice. That's so great. What a that sounds like a great life. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. And then because it will keep your kids grounded, so your kids don't right. grow up to be little shit bags. They go, oh, mummy and daddy are famous. You know, I'm a little arsehole living in L.A. I can't. My kids are not going to be like that. No, my kid. Oh, I'm, I, I I'm going to like my kids. You're beat them a lot. Yeah, you, you need to like them. No, yeah. you know me. Do you think I would ever seriously? I probably I should tap There's a their... difference between beating the shit out of your kids and there's a difference between doing that and when they're being really naughty, giving them a little I, smack on the back I of their I know. I've, I've, okay, okay, this is so funny you just said that. I, I'm, I'm okay with that, a little tap on the hand, right? Yeah. I can't, everything I do, I'm worried about damaging them. So, oh, I mean, you don't hit them to hurt them in any right. way. If you're hitting your yeah. child to hurt them, there's something wrong with you. But if you're, explaining to a small child that keeps trying to touch the hot pot that this will burn you like this is going to hurt you stop that okay look you trying to do that bad thing results in this little sting on the back of your hand for five seconds make yeah. sure yeah or i mean there's also you can also converse with a child i think look your, your mother was a therapist you clearly have had to do a huge amount of self-applied and external you know external yeah. therapy work on yourself yeah so you can have a conversation with a child and teach them without having to beat the shit out of them to explain <laughs> right and wrong but, but you also, also, also you have you to can, do something for you every now and then. And I sometimes agree. being a small child, it just feels well, right. You know? I feel like the talking over and over and over again yeah, is Shut just, up, I kid. What I mean, the fuck do you know? You're four. Yeah. And then just go, I'm sorry. Do you want a cheeseburger? You know, you there just you you exactly. give them food or throw a toy at them. There yeah. I Mommy, mean, that's, sorry she burned all your stuff. Yeah. Okay? Let me make your heart talk. I'm sorry I ate your LOL dolls. Mama didn't mean it. <laughs> That's what's gonna. I'm gonna end up. Yeah. I'm gonna end up seriously, like decapitating all her frozen dolls. I can't. How's I can't. your How's your eating? Because you okay. you talk a lot about your eating on stage. Yeah, I mean, I am. I, it could be really worse. Like I, you look so, thin around the you. face. Like you've lost a lot of weight here. No, Is that because you're well, dying? Maybe Are you okay? I, I hope so. No, since I saw you. I may have lost a little, but I've put on like probably like five pounds since the pandemic started, which for me, it's still not okay. In the, in the it, right places or the? Uh, in my vagina. 
I can't. Some nice. things I you can't say really... without smiling. <laughs> you know what that reminds you of? I... Someone sent me. You know, they just get those scam emails and messages on Instagram, yeah. especially, and it would be like some generic profile picture of a woman in a thong, and it would be like, "Hey, good time. Click link. You want boyfriend, <laughs> girlfriend, sexy? Mm. Like stuff like that." Some I got the most amazing one that came through. Like, what, what? "Hey, hot boy, you looking for sexy time? I'm ready." And it had a link, and then it goes, "I have very fat pussy and." hard tits. I was like, <laughs> that's the pitch that I've been waiting for. Just how it fat is that opposite. pussy? Flabby Are we talking obese and vagine? A... Is... Yeah, what? it's like a chicken cutlet. That's yeah, what I, think I want of. those tits rock solid. Like, are we talking concrete hard or what? Are we talking? I like can't take it. Steel? I want to bash my head into those tits. I know. I want to wa- smash my head. I want to give myself a concussion <laughs> on those tits. <laughs> I want to see that voluptuous vag. Show me that fucking curvaceous cunt. Give well, it to yeah, me. Yeah, it makes me curvaceous. That's the name of my new DVD. Curvaceous. Curvaceous cunt. cunt. Yeah, that's that's a great name. You're so and you adorable. Could do like the, um, you could do the the the, the double C's like the um uh, what's it Chanel, called? Chanel. That's L- hysterical. Chanel. Thank you. You there are you so funny. Cunt. You know, I told you when I first met you that you have it. You have everything that a comic and performer, entertainer, actor needs. Because you're and so yet, talented. No, except you're the career. So, Isn't it amazing? No, you're going to fucking explode. I know. I told you that a long time ago. You are. I always yeah. know when someone's going to You know what's really annoying, though, is hit. that you're not the first person to say things like that. And you know when people say that to you every time you get off stage? Like, how are you not more? No, you should be I don't so mean that. Of- first of all, I didn't say <laughs> how are you not. I am very clear why you're not. Because it's, again, not about who's funniest. But when you're so talented and you work so hard and so committed and you do your you're kind and loving like it happens it happens but it just takes well, that's longer. very sweet of you it's I true. think over the last two years there's been a lot of changes in who I am as a person or what parts of myself I'm encouraging and what parts of myself I've stamped out mm-hmm. not drinking makes me infinitely better company to be around and a lot more grounded um so that's all positive. And I look 10 years younger than I did yeah, you four do years look great. ago. Yeah. You know? You do. So, um, well, yeah, there's good people... things laying ahead. Yeah. You're going to, please, you guys have to follow Jeff. Tell, tell everyone where they can follow you and your podcast and all of that stuff. Oh, it's very sweet of you. Um, well, at, at Jeff Leach, J E W F L E A C H, on all social media. Uh, I broadcast live on Facebook Gaming, fb.gg slash Jeff Leach Comedian, every single day except Sunday. So six days a week wow. for four to eight hours a day. Oh my and then God, I, have I didn't even YouTube. know that. I never know what's going on. That's amazing. Yeah, no worries. Yeah, yeah, I'm doing loads of live stuff. We got, we got good. We got a few, th- uh, like 22,000 viewers that's now. A, it's going really well. That's crazy. And then yeah. the YouTube channel has just gone from 3,000 to like 25,000 subs, subs over the last two weeks because I'm putting videos up there three times a week and live broadcasts. A comedy character show called Life in the Banter Bunker I do every Saturday. Uh, two episodes of the podcast, the Savage Snowflake podcast, go up every week. So that's interviewing that's great a comedians. Great, that's a great name. Savage Snowflake. Yeah, I love yeah. it. SS. And then uh, beyond that, I don't know. Uh, I don't, I, there's no live shows to book, so. No, I know, but they'll oh. they'll check you out. I mean, we. I'm talk- in Call of Duty. If you're a big gaming fan, it, the uh, the most played video game in the world right now, 70 million players online. Uh, Call of Duty. I played the iconic character of Ghost in that. So that's, oh, what? that's Jeff. Right that's sick. I was so into video. I mean, I don't play anymore, but I'm gonna get a system. Yeah. I decided because um, I want to start playing again. It's such safe, like a just such a great way to just 
veg out. I don't have to tell you, but um, that's so cool that you're in that game. What do you want to? What kind of games do you like playing? Are you I an like RPG gal? I like all kinds of games. I really do. I like even sports games. I loved tennis. I love playing all that shit. Basketball. Yeah. I, and I like the, the the mystery ones and the. I I, I really love. I don't know if I could get into all the violence, like the extreme violence right now. Sure, 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 sure. It would make me a little anxious, but. Um, it is a bit weird. You know what was strange is playing, like I play Call of Duty a few times during the week and I'll be playing the game, literally killing people yeah. nonstop all day. <clears throat> and then I'll walk out the apartment and there'll be military helicopters flying over here in LA and police helicopters and guys with ARs and M4s standing on street corners that next to the military units. So... I'm looking at going... And well, you're going to a protest. C4, I could take all of them out in one go. I know what I'm just. <laughs> you start thinking like, yeah, I have other real, friends who've said that. I totally can I show understand. You, this is look as as well balanced I'm being. This is how mental I still currently am. Your hair looks cute. This sits by my front door now. This is my little panic bag that I has understand. two military gas masks in it. This is my 18 inch machete and saw. I have an axe in there. I I have purification tablets, life straw bottles, food packets, Are medical you kit. Me? No, no, no. This is like I think the world could go mental. So does my and mom. If it, does, if it makes you feel I'm, any better, my mom's been I'm saying grab that this. for a year. Yeah. My girlfriend get on the back of my motorcycle and we're driving up to the mountains so and we'll live there until everyone goes. You know, wow. But I think you have to be prepared for that stuff now as well. I think I don't think that's crazy anymore to consider. I don't that, either. You know. I don't. Um, I love you so much. Thank you for doing this, Jeff. I'd love to have you back on. Glad we did it. Thank you for having me on. Sorry I, um, for applying pressure to you during a time when I'm you glad were you applied feeling... pressure to me. It's very good for me. I I really respect relationships in my life where people call me on shit. It makes me closer to someone because I don't do the right thing sometimes, and I isolate and cancel, and I don't show up. And it's when I'm having a hard time. Instead of explaining it, sometimes I just start doing it, and I don't even. It's like I'm not even aware, and then I feel like shit. Because I don't want to hurt people I love. Well, you know? understand also that the only reason I mentioned those things is probably because there was uh, I was receiving that from a couple of people yeah. who sort of made made promises and didn't follow through on them. So that a lot of it was coming from my own. But I don't like that either. Neuroses and stuff. I know, get it, so. but I don't like when people do it to me, and it's not okay. You have to keep your word. Yeah. So it helps right. me when people call. So me we're still gonna it. have children together. Yes, years, we're still so. gonna do anal. I what I was just gonna say is I love this podcast episode with you. I mean, I knew I would, but it's amazing, and I know everyone listening is gonna feel like that because, you know, I just well, know, if they feel like that, they should really go to the Patreon page and donate to this the podcast. Yeah, right? and a lot of people have. I mean, it's really patreon.com slash Jessica Curson. Yeah, a lot of I mean, people have do done it. that. Otherwise, you know, you don't really love Jess. Yeah, I know. You're just a freeloader. You're right. Dirty little freeloader. You fucking assholes. Yeah. What do you think? You're just, you're just using me. She's depressed, people. What I was going to say, Jeff, is that I decided I'm not going to have... I, I was doing this thing where I had a different person every week because that's what, you know, you do. Yeah, and yeah. then I said to my manager last week, I was like, I'm not doing it anymore. Like, there's no fucking rules. I want the same people over and over again. I love that you and I talk about mental illness like this because it's... You know, a lot of comics can go there and a lot can't. And yeah. um, it's That's important insecurities, for me. isn't it? I know. But it's important for me to have people on a lot that are very honest and can be funny, but also be real. Because I know a lot of people listening to this got something out of it today, which is why I have a podcast. It really is the Absolutely. reason. So, well, I look forward to hopefully returning the favorite oh, at some point and having you come, anytime, come conversation. Now I'm, now I'm 
you know, things are easier now. But You love me again. I always loved We're... you. Are you kidding me? Please. <laughs> Thank you Just so much. Just way that I want you to. Thanks very much for having me. I Follow love you. Jeff. And I, and I, I love wish you, you too. Positivity. And if you're yeah. ever getting low, you should just pick up the phone and say hi. I will. I I'm, I, I'm, I made myself a commitment. Tell me about how start... it's okay, Jeff. And yeah. I'll be like, oh, yeah, it is okay. I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start making two or three calls a day, even though it's so I hate it. Not Listen, you do you. it when you when you have sponsors. You know it's part of the of the yeah. program to reach out to others. Yeah. And you know that when you talk to someone who's going through similar stuff, it makes you come out of your own head a little bit for Absolutely. a minute. Absolutely. You help someone else and you get out of yourself. And you feel better about things. You know? Yeah, it's true. Well, right, I love you. To you and the Thank family. you again. Thank you, Take Jeff. Bye-bye. Lots of love. Bye-bye. Bye, Go honey. to patreon.com slash Jessica Curson and yes. donate or I'm coming to your house and I will fuck you up. I like that. <laughs> <laughs>